Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 90210 show. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my beautiful girlfriend, Carol. How are you today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much has been a good week here? It is November 15th. 1996, we're halfway through November. Yeah, it's going to be 97 before you know it. That's right, and it's going to be Thanksgiving, or as they call it in Phoebe Buffet's house, Franksgiving. You're a weirdo, you know that, right? Isn't our brother's name Frank? Yeah, Frank Jr. There you go. Because her father's name was Frank also. So that's the more reason that they call it Franksgiving. But, you know, she's not really tight with her family, so. Well, what did her... Yeah, her mom killed herself, right? Right. And then, like, her grandmother, I don't know, died or ran away or something. I don't know what happened to her. Or maybe her grandmother's still alive, I don't know. But, like, her dad abandoned her and... Yeah, it was but all she, bad. But she's the wacky one. <laughs> <laughs> she should be like a dark character. There should be just someone should make a sitcom where everyone is typical sitcom person. And everyone's like, oh, wow, this is a wacky situation. What a mix up. And then there's just one person that's like, you, you know, you know, life's pointless, right? <laughs> it's a black void and we all die. It's just pain. Right. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think about that? Um, I, I actually like that idea. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make it. I'm all over. What are we gonna call it? Where would it be set? This guy. What? <laughs> Your face is so confused. I'm just wondering why we're talking about this and not nine hundred two one zero. Oh, okay. Um, nine hundred two one zero could use a character like this. It has a character like this. A grizzled war veteran. It's Dylan. <laughs> Dylan's thing. Yeah, Dylan is. Dylan is. Well, there's there. Yeah, there's there, but there's nobody that's. Actually, I guess it is Dylan. There's a couple of things that he says this week that I think really makes it seem like he's just outside of the show, commenting on the show, right? But anyway, let's go. Let's go. Let's talk about nine hundred two one zero. Our favorite thing in the world. It is my favorite show. To talk to you guys, all you guys, all our listeners about 90210. So this week, Donna is continuing to date two boys. Oh, Donna. She's a bad girl. She's <laughs> not having any sex. Didn't Kelly literally say that was naughty or was that last week? That was last week. Okay. <laughs> and you commented on that last week. I'm never going to get over it. It's though. naughty. So this week... Um, she clearly hates Ray, by the way. I don't understand why. Because he's not like them. He's not rich and connected. Claire treats him badly, too. She calls him babe. <laughs> well, and she's mean. She. I don't think she's trying to be mean. I think she's just being glib. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Donna's, Donna's dating two boys. So... Ray, the construction worker that she dated last week, shows up with Young the... Young Al from Quantum Leap. With the biggest pumpkin from the pumpkin patch and the smallest pumpkin it's from the pumpkin ridiculous. patch. It's kind of How did he carry... That? How did he even put this pumpkin in his truck? It's huge. I don't know. It's like three quarters of his height. Yeah. It's, it's almost the size of a grown man. It's very large and rotund. 
I mean, he put it in his truck, obviously, but like... How did he carry it? I, I want to see the... 90210 needs to go into the logistics of how <laughs> Ray moved this. There was, also, we get a weird long shot of him driving yeah. from the pumpkin patch to her her condo or apartment or whatever it is. And I don't see the pumpkin in the back, by the way. But as he's true. Dri- as he's driving, I'm like, are we are we driving to another show? <laughs> it did. It went on so long, and you're like, what is happening? I said, is he moving <laughs> to Melrose Place? Right. But yeah, so he brings that enormous pumpkin and gives her the tiny little petite pumpkin. Now it seemed like it was a very long drive, mm-hmm. which I think was meant to show the distance between them. Sure, emotionally, Carol. Well, I think. You know, uh, socioeconomically also. But then he says he has to go to work and he'll come back later to take her out. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you drive all the way out there to give her a couple pumpkins? It's it's showing he's willing to go the extra mile, Carol. (laughs) Whatever. It just seems like a waste of time. Like, bring her the pumpkins. Like, call her on the phone. Say, hey, I'm going to take you out tonight. And then bring the pumpkins when you come. I guess, well, yeah, I mean, logistically, it makes no sense why he did this. But I think that we see this drive to juxtapose what we see from Grant Woodcock uh, later. Or, I'm sorry, Grant Stonecock later. Stonecock. Whatever the hell his name is. I don't know what it is. (laughs) You just like talking about this dude's cock. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm telling you, Carol. It's confusing. You, you go over the line sometimes. Do I? Casper Van love it. Dien. Yeah, I, of course I do. <laughs> Just like I love Casper Van Stonecock. <laughs> no, I, his name's Grant something, but it's something stonish. I don't know. Something Flintstones-like. Yeah. So Donna agrees to go on a date. I, I expect him to to go to the bathroom in the mouth of a pelican. Ew. And then the pelican to say, you think you have a shit job. Wow. <laughs> Gross. No, don't you remember on the Flintstones, there was always like, uh, he was like a pterodactyl wing or something while it's still alive to brush their teeth or whatever. Yeah. That's gross. So Donna agrees to go on a date with this dude. Ray. Raymond. And then while she's waiting for him to come when work's over, mm-hmm. the other dude shows up. She's wearing a shirt, by the way, a pink shirt that says Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shorts and a Barbie shirt. She's such a little girl. Do you think that she was trying to promote her dolls? The 90210 dolls. Oh, huh. Aren't they made by Barbie? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe. So... She she answers the door, and the other dude's in a tux, right? Yeah, Grant. Yep. And he's like, oh, I made us reservations, and I've got the car waiting, and blah, blah, blah. No, he says, my dad gave me the keys. That's what he says. Oh, okay. Whatever. He's got a fancy... It's an important distinction, Carol. He's got a fancy ride. Then he wants to take her on a fancy-ass date. Mm-hmm. And it's the kind of date where, like, you know, no girl would ever say no because, like, you know, he's putting all this effort in. Yeah. Well, he says he can't take no, won't take no for an answer. And he says that, yes. So she goes and gets all dolled up and tries to call Ray to tell him that she's not going to be available, but Mm -hmm. he's not home. David says to Grant, I'll have to remember that won't take no for an answer line. 
Right. It's so weird. And and Casper Van Dien's all like, don't wait up. Wink, wink. Yeah. And like, does he not realize that they used to date? Because right. like, that's just, even if Donna had slept with David, that Cherry would be rude. Cherry daddies tonight. But yeah. So he, he takes her then on a plane, right? Right. That's the keys. Because she said, when, when you said my dad gave me the keys, I thought you meant like the a car. So he takes her to Catalina Island? Catalina. Yeah. You got to fly to Catalina Island off the coast of beautiful California. California. So it's not that far. Uh, no. I mean, it is a plane ride, but no, it's not that far. And he orders for her, which is so rude. Yeah. Well, she because they're getting dessert. She wants ice cream. Vanilla ice cream. To match her personality. Right. And he's like, no, "No, you can have ice cream anytime. She'll have tiramisu. You'll have the tiramisu. What if she doesn't fucking like tiramisu, you dick? What if she doesn't like coffee? Maybe she hates ladyfingers, okay? Right. Whatever. Maybe she hates your (laughs) ladyfingers. You're not going to get her ladyfingers wrapped around your stone cock. Ew. So, I mean, she was already a little irritated by that. And then he mentions that they have a reservation in the hotel. That he got them the suite. Right. She's like, well, when when do we need to leave? And he's like, I don't know. When's checkout in the morning? <laughs> and she's like, I didn't bring any clothes. And he's like, oh, you can wear that tomorrow. Yeah. Dick. He's such an ass. Like, did you suspect he was an ass from the beginning? I mean, I don't think he's necessarily an ass, but he's he's a rich, presumptuous dude. He's. He's used to being able to fly dates to Catalina Island and then have sex with them. <laughs> right. Which is not an unreasonable assumption when you've got that kind of money. And he's a, a decent looking guy. Yeah, I guess. But it's just that she said to him, I'm a good Catholic girl. And he's like, oh, I'm a good Catholic boy. Yeah. So maybe he doesn't know what it means. Maybe he's thinking of like, you know, the Catholic schoolgirl idea rather than like being an actual good Catholic girl. He was like, yeah, I'm a good Catholic boy. We're going gambling on an Indian reservation later, of course. Right. Meet me behind the bleachers and we'll smoke some cigarettes. Right. Just like good Catholics everywhere. So she stands up for herself, though, Godana, and tells him where to shove it and demands he take her home, mm-hmm. which is really good because while they've been gone, David and Claire are hanging out. Yeah, they are. And Claire goes to... Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. What, 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 what? You don't want to finish the storyline with Ray? Mm-hmm. You want to you wanna intertwine these two storylines? The, the storyline with Ray ha- comes later. I know. So. Okay. I don't. I don't understand why you're stopping me. What's happening? <laughs> well, it's just usually we take a storyline to its conclusion. And I would say Donna dating two guys, the Ray part of it is also part of the storyline. But if you want to intersperse it with the the Claire-David storyline, I'm fine with that. I'm just saying, your usual pattern is to do this. But we can, no, 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 we can, I was mentally preparing to talk about the fucked up thing that Ray does, but we can talk about that after we get to... To Claire and David. So apparently Ray smashed the pumpkins because Claire. See, I've got to talk about Claire. Okay, well, tell you talk about her. Claire answers the door when he shows up for their date. Right. 
And she fucking tells him she's out with another dude. Well, at first she's like, yeah, she's not here right now. And he's like, oh, I'll wait. And he's like, yeah, no, you won't because I'm with a person right now and we're hanging out. So you're not going to wait in here. And he's like, well, I'll wait outside. And she goes, look, babe. <laughs> she went on another date. Uh, you're going to have to take a rain check on this one. And he's like, oh, sorry, babe, or something like that. Yeah. I mean, she was kind of rude. A little bit, but I mean... He was kind of rude, too. Yes. To just be like, oh, I'll just hang out here. Right. She's not there. She's not coming back for a while. She tried to not tell him. Yeah. But yeah, so then apparently, like a fucking psychopath, (laughs) he lifts... It had to be so hard, too. He lifts this (laughs) 800-pound pumpkin... And throws it over the balcony. Probably killed a small <laughs> group of school children. Like, what a fucking psycho. Yeah. She went on another date, and he's like, I'm fucking trashing these pumpkins. Like, he just goes insanely nuts. And they're not exclusive. No. She told him that she had a boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if and since she calls the other guy her boyfriend, she's kind of cheating with him anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, they did have a date. So, I mean, I understand why he's upset. But to, to break the pumpkin, to to Billy Corgan smash the pumpkin, <laughs> right? I don't understand it. So, while this is going on, David finds handcuffs in Claire's drawer. Mm-hmm. Why he was in Claire's drawer, I don't remember. I think he had a reason. She, his shirt, they were... <laughs> She was force-feeding him water. Oh, yeah, that was so weird. Because it's the sexiest fruit to do, tease somebody with. And she was she got watermelon juice all over him. <laughs> and she she was like, oh, you, there's a, you can get a shirt in there. I've got extra shirts with her. Why she just has men's shirts, it's weird. Yeah. Well, maybe she likes to sleep in them. She has some of Brandon's shirts. Right. But he goes in there and finds some handcuffs. So he decides to, a la Claire style, handcuff himself to her bed. She even mentions that. She's like, oh, in another life. Yeah. So she comes in and finds him, and she's all, like, into it. Mm -hmm. She loves it. Until she realizes. They're her handcuffs. And that means that the key that he has in his hand is not for the handcuffs. Why for, was, for her jewelry box. Why was the jewelry box key with the handcuffs? It was almost like a setup. Right. Like, joke's on you. Why do you have a key for your jewelry box? Why do you have handcuffs you don't have a key for? You live in Beverly Hills. Yeah, throw them away. Right, that's dangerous. Melt them down and make silver bullets in case the <laughs> werewolves rise up. Right. And so now they're, like, freaking out. She's trying to figure out how to get him out of it. And then there's a knock at the door. Mm-hmm. It's her father. And the dictator from last episode. No. Oh, he's not there. <laughs> so at that point, I don't remember if she had already called the locksmith. No. But she hides David under a bunch of shit on her bed. He said, David said, call the locksman. Then she's like, no, I'm going to have my way with you first. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which he was all happy about. And then the doorbell rang. Right. So, yeah, she buries him under a bunch of blankets. And and then. um, Not a bad plan. Yeah. And her dad falls for it. He doesn't see him. But she calls the locksmith. But then she leaves with her dad. And David and us at the same time all shouted. 
Who's going to open the door? Right. I'm glad that they that they you know they caught that. That was yeah, not not the smartest move. Then Donna comes home. Yeah, so then Donna comes home from her date and finds David chained to the bed. <laughs> she's like, "Oh, David." She didn't seem upset. No. She's just like, "Oh, David, we're best of friends now. All the romance romanticism of our relationship is gone. I mean, I guess maybe if they spent that long together not having sex, maybe they do feel platonic now. Who knows? Yeah. I, yeah, because there's not that much difference yeah. between their friendship and their dating. They don't smooch anymore. Oh, yeah. well. That's about it. Yeah. So she calls the locksmith again because... No. no. Yes. They don't call the locksmith again. They're just waiting for the locksmith. Mm-hmm. Because he says, I hope he doesn't take forever to get here this time. Oh, he'd been waiting. He'd been waiting. The locksmith had come. He hadn't answered the door. Oh, my God. I never even caught that. Yeah. So this is the second time they've called locksmith. I've known. She said, lucky it's 24 hours. I never even caught that. And then apparently they break Claire's bed, getting him out of there. Well, because Donna leaves. Yeah. Because she finds out <laughs> Ray showed up. Yeah, David mentions about Ray, so then she takes off because she wants to go She sees make her it pumpkin yeah. destroyed. What the... F- like, that makes her want to go to this man. That would make me run the other direction. Yeah, seriously. You know he's got that knife. Right? The giant pumpkin carving knife. Right. So... Or her pumpkin head. And then, my other question is, it's like the middle of the fucking night, right? She goes to the pumpkin patch. And weird. he's there. How does she know? <laughs> what? Like, the... <laughs> her going to the pumpkin patch at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning and him being there is maybe the biggest Hail Mary in sitcom history. Right? So, do, like, why didn't they just have them meet at his house or apartment or wherever? Why didn't they have him... Uh, trying to smash into cars on uh, the freeway to feel something. What? Well, <laughs> while, she, while she was <laughs> racing towards him. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, now they're all, like, into each other. Like, at first, you know, he's mad. She apologized, and he apologized, and all's good. Well, he's like, I smashed your pumpkins, and you're apologizing to me? It seems like they're making his character different than when he started, doesn't it? In what way? Because he was more charming and intelligent in the beginning, and now he's seeming less so. <laughs> I think that's I think that's called the nine hundred two one zero effect, Carol. <laughs> what do you I, mean? I think that's just what happens to characters in this show. <laughs> they start out all shiny and happy, and then they <laughs> the writers know how to write characters to be intelligent and charming for about twenty minutes, <laughs> and then it fades. And they're like, we don't know where to go from here. Every one of these writers is like somebody that could pick up a girl at a bar, but can't have a serious relationship. <laughs> right. Because they know how to charm somebody. But after that, they're like, nah, I got nothing to talk about now. So what else is going on? Steve has, so yeah, Steve has his peach pit after hours nightclub happening. Peach pit after hours. <laughs> And the uh, fire marshal marshal shows up and shuts fire that marshal shit Bill down. Shows up. Yeah, because, ah! what? The fuck? It's like Jim Carrey, Fire Marshal <laughs> Bill. You know, 
You know it. Oh, my God. In living color. You saw it. Did I? I wish we had video in here. I don't know. I've, I think you've seen it in living color before. <sighs> um, yeah. So. Fire marshal shows up. Yeah. They had to have like 300 people in there because the episode before they made $3,000 charging $10 a head. That's correct. Good math. Ha ha. And then this episode, we find out that the maximum capacity is 150 people and they have exceeded it. Actually, they made $5,000. Holy shit. You pointed out to me. What the fuck was that? I'm sorry. I knocked over my milk jug. (laughs) Why do you keep a milk jug by? (laughs) By the recording equipment. I don't know. Just an empty milk jug. I hate milk, too. Is that a reminder? This is how all milk jugs should be. Empty. I can't breathe. Okay. So, all right. So, this is, like, big crisis time now. Yeah. Because apparently Nat got shut down, too. It wasn't just like, oh, shut it down tonight. Like, he had to pay a fine before he could do business. Correct. So that's really bad. Steve's like, I'll pay the fine. He's like, I can't afford to get shut down again. Yeah. Burt Reynolds wanted his tuna melt. <laughs> so it turns out the carpet store that's right next door to the Peach Pit, like a big warehouse place, is going run, out of business. Run by a Turkish man, I believe. Very, yeah. very stereotypically. <laughs> I'm actually going out of business this time, he says. And they want to lease it for their club so that they can, you know, have the capacity for their people. All for the low price of $150,000. Yeah. That, I mean, I guess if they're making... Five grand a night. Yeah, but they're only open one night a week, right? I, yeah, I don't know. No, they're two nights. They're open the weekend. So they're making, like, say, about 10 grand a week. Yeah. So... 15 weeks, Carol. <laughs> I'm very tired. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I guess that would be a good investment. Not too bad. That's assuming though that it continues to draw the crowd because it could lose the luster. And that's the thing with LA. You never know who the right. hell knows. So, um, they don't have one hundred fifty thousand dollars, so they, they have to uh, ask Dylan. Yeah, because Valerie says, "Why don't you ask Dylan for the money?" I hear he's full of money. Like, what a bitch. <laughs> I did not like that. But she did it because he was with that, that blonde whore. Yeah. The beach bum in the last episode. So, yeah. So she wants him to get found out for being poor. Like, that's some bad personality defect. Like It is in Beverly Hills. Whatever. Oh, you're poor? I'm sorry. And then um, when Dylan does agree, even though he can't afford it, because he just absolutely won't say, I, I can't afford anything. Correct. He's trying to take out a mortgage on his house to, Second, yeah, yeah. to give them the money. And apparently Jim is still on his financial stuff. At least some of it. He's on the house. Yeah. So he had to, you know, get contacted that he's trying to take out this mortgage. And Valerie's there for some reason in Jim's business. No, they're at home. Yeah, but she's in Jim's business. She's sitting at the kitchen table. And he gets a fax at home about Dylan? Yeah. Oh. His the mom says, so they're they're gonna go to Palm Springs for the weekend. Kelly wants to come over and fuck Brandon. Right. Even though it's so weird. This is the weirdest relationship. We never see them together. No. 
The whole episode, they were never in the same room. And maybe they're having some problems, I don't know, <laughs> off screen. Right. But he's, she's, he's like, well, I just need this one fax. I just got to sign it and resend it. And she goes, I knew once we brought that infernal machine into the house, Jim Walsh. <laughs> so that's why that they explain it. Being yeah. There. So he sees it. And yeah, Valerie's like, mm. he's like, I don't know why Dylan would be trying to take out money on his. I don't know why Dylan would be trying to take out money on his house. And uh, she's like, mm, he doesn't have any money. Yeah. Like, why does she think that it's her place to fucking say that? I don't know. I have no idea. But she does. She tells Jim, oh, he's broke. And this is a catastrophe, an emergency so big that he has to cancel his weekend plans. Yeah. What the fuck? He's been broke for a long time. And you're about to go out of town for the weekend. Right. What are you going to do to fix this? Who knows? Go out of town. But he doesn't. He disappoints his wife, as he always does. (laughs) That's why she did uh, over-the-close hand stuff with that one guy. Right. Way back in season two or whatever it was. And then Nat sets him up, like, intervention style. (laughs) Like, Dylan comes in the It was like a mob hit. Right. It's like, why don't you come in the back, Dylan? (laughs) He was like Joe Pesci, like, I'm going to get made, ma. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, he gets taken back there to see Jim. Jim is waiting in the back room of the peach pit. Jim's Dylan. even like hat half lit. Like his face. It's so funny. It was the most messed up thing. And so he's like, okay, you got me. I'm, I'm broke, whatever. And and then they just get an argument. Yeah. Like I th- I think nothing happens. I think you're happy about this, Jim. Jim, Jim basically just, they argue for a minute and then Jim's like, so glad I canceled a vacation with my wife for this bullshit. Yeah, like, why did you? No one asked you to. And then he leaves. Like, what is, I don't don't like the writing here. I think this is dumb. I I don't think this would be a real life thing that would happen. Why do they hate each other so much? I mean, we've been watching. We know all the history. There's a lot of toxic history here. Jim's, or uh, Dylan's like, you fired me as a client, which he kind of did. Yeah. But Jim put his neck on the line to put this whole deal together. Mm -hmm. And then Dylan was like, "Nah, I'm just going to do it myself. That was Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, he did pop his daughter's cherry and. Oh, my God. Yeah, it did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he is an alcoholic. I mean, there's a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's like Jim cares about him. Kinda. I guess. I mean, otherwise, why would he do this? Well, that's true. He wanted Some, to help him. Somewhere in, in his heart, he cares about him. But he just sucks at it, so. So, everybody knows that Dylan's broke now, but nothing has changed and nothing is happening. So, I don't know if we're going to ever get these people to give him his money back. Jim thinks, didn't Jim say like he thinks he might be able to help though? Yeah. I wonder how he thinks he can help. I don't know. I would He's, love to have Jim like give us a breakdown. I would love to see in the next episode, Jim just drops into the jungle of <laughs> Brazil like Rambo. Right. He's got like his pocket protector in, but he's got like a bandana around his head. <laughs> he just sees, uh, what's his name? Kevin. <laughs> like, Oh, Omnibus Nightmare. 
<laughs> and just goes after him. And just that be just a standalone episode of <laughs> just this. Just Jim hunting him in, in Brazil. I'd love it. That would be awesome. And then we go back to just normal episode, next episode. And Jim just acts normal like nothing ever happened. And Cindy's like, how'd you get the money back, Jim? He's like, I'm, you know, I'm just, I have my ways. Right. <laughs> just a small smile on his face. Then we get this hint of some like weird backstory, like secret life of Jim's that's never alluded <laughs> to ever again. See, we should be writing for the show. Absolutely. So, finally... Well, Valerie comes over real quick. Here, What is Valerie? Need some strength. She's holding out her hand to me. I we're either think. We're either going to break into a hymn, <laughs> or... She, she, Valerie comes over to Dylan's house, and she's all like, hey, what's up? And he goes... Uh, oh, she lets herself into his house again. Yeah, and he says, hey, you got a big fucking mouth. Yeah. She goes, what am I going to do? He, he f- found it out. He did some digging. He's like, yeah, you told him. I know I know you told him. And, uh, yeah, and then she, they're changing her. Talk about changing characters. They're changing her character. Yeah. Because she started off as, like, rebel, bad girl and everything, and he's like, you know what I think? I think you like pretending to be Brenda. I think you like being in Brenda's room, and I think you like taking Brenda's place and living with Brenda's family and having like having this instant family or whatever, and I mean, basically, he's saying to Tiffany Amberthiesen, "I think you like taking Brenda's place in the yeah. show or whatever." But then she breaks down to and, to cry and says, um, "Is that so bad?" You know, the instant family, and Wait. she is. I mean, no offense to Tiffany Amberthiesen, because <laughs> I, I who I know listens to our tapes. Right, right. You're a very attractive woman. <laughs> and you do many you do many acting things well upsets not one of them <laughs> it never for once felt in any way genuine it wasn't even bad in the fact that it was like overwrought like soap opera acting it was just bad mm-hmm. just flat bad this is pretty much her, her line delivery I'm going to see if I can match it and I'm, I'm tr- not going to try to over-exaggerate and be like, is that so bad? Or anything like, I'm going to try to match what she does. She's kind of like this. Is that so bad? And it's, <laughs> it's like that. It's just not good. Yeah. It was It was not great. And I'm not saying it's an easy acting moment. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah. I, I Like, the show really misses Shannon Doherty at that point. Because she's much better at that yeah so i don't know he comforts her right they hug yeah and that's where we leave it i i don't think they're gonna it's not where we leave that though it's not well that's where we leave their interaction i guess but next day david oh yeah yeah, and steve (laughs) together They've got the plans for the nightclub. They're yes. driving to to Dylan's house to show him. And, you know, he broke the bed or whatever. They talk about that. Yeah. They come into Dylan's house. Valerie's there. Yes, she's on, on the deck. and Just in a shirt, I think. I, I don't think she's got pants on. Yeah. She's like, she looks at David and she kind of like waves her hand. And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And uh, so... I don't know why she would think that David's going to cover for her anyway. Like, what? What? 
what stake does he have in this? Right. Dylan is trying to get rid of Steve, basically. Like, oh, we can talk about this later, Steve. We'll talk about the plans later, Steve. I don't want to talk about it right now. And then Steve sees her. She walks in the fucking room. Well, he sees her through the... Like, she's basically just standing in the door, which is glass, by the way. (laughs) Like, don't even try to hide, I guess. Just frame yourself in there. Did she she think he would think she's a picture? (laughs) Maybe. Oh, you have a decal of Valerie on your door. Weird. Right. But instead, she comes in and says, it's not what it looks like, Steve. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's not like Dylan railed me last night, Steve. And then Steve's like, you know what? Let's just let's just forget about the plans. Let's just, uh, yeah, you know, let's stop forget the that whole here. deal, Dylan. And then he knocks Dylan out. He fucking lands the Sla- biggest punch. Oh, yeah. Right in his face. Knocks him right out. It's and it awesome. all goes to black, and then there's credits. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He deserved to get his ass kicked. Yeah. And Steve's clearly the strongest of the three of them. Yeah. Yeah, if you put them all in a room, he's the one coming out. He's the most athletic, the, you know, the one in the best physical shape. And, you know, Dylan's just a skinny alcoholic smoker, so. <laughs> he's got some muscle definition, <laughs> but, yeah, he's Steve's, Steve's more spry. Um, and then as far as Brandon and Kelly, uh, Brandon is supposed to have Kelly over, but can't because his parents never leave town. Right. And he wasn't there. He's in the background. He's in the background of a few different episodes. Is he? Or scenes, you or mean? Or scenes, scenes. Yeah, he's in the background of a few different scenes. That's essentially it. He doesn't do much. But we Kelly's big storyline is with her mom. Yeah, her mom. Um is modeling, which Kelly is like, you know how bad that is for you. So I think that's like a trigger for her to use drugs or whatever. Yeah, because she started using drugs when she was modeling, and I guess it was really bad for Kelly's self-esteem. Well, Kelly, she had Kelly modeling when she was a kid. Yeah, that's what I mean. And Kelly talks about how, what, who's she talking to? Cindy Walsh? Yeah, yeah, well, see, this all turns out to really be nothing because she she's all pissed off at her mom. How can you have Aaron modeling? She's so young because she's doing a fabulous at 40 photo shoot Mm -hmm. with her kid. And she didn't ask Kelly. And Kelly's kind of upset about that. But Kelly's all upset about the modeling. Kelly's just pissed off about the whole situation. Seemingly, justifiably so. I mean, I'd be a little upset about the whole thing, too. Yeah. But then she goes to talk to Cindy Walsh. And Cindy's like, oh, I remember that fashion show that Brenda didn't. They love to fucking talk about Brenda. Yeah, they do. That fashion show that Brenda didn't want me to be a part of and how much that hurt. That was the first time I met your mom. All Mm -hmm. coked up. And basically, Cindy's like, you know, she's come a long way since then with the divorce, having a kid, getting married, all this stuff. And she was clean and sober the whole time. She never relapsed. And... Kelly's like, oh, fuck, you know, I guess I was wrong. Yeah. And then she goes and tells her mom that she was wrong, that she's a stronger person now. And and then her mom says, the reason I didn't ask you, she's like, I, th- I thought maybe you didn't ask me because you didn't think I was pretty enough. The prettiest character on the show says that. So stupid. Which makes my eyes roll, but whatever. And she says, no, it's because the whole Fabulous at 40 thing, if you see little Aaron... And then you, and then me, 
No one's going to think, oh, that's the mom to the other two kids. They're going to think. Grandma. Yeah. Child, mom, grandma. And I didn't want that. And that's understandable. Yeah. So, but when Kelly was talking to Cindy, she mentions how she, at seven, wouldn't eat birthday cake because she didn't want to get fat. And then eventually she did get fat because it was like her rebelling and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, like her mom really fucked her up. And her mom wasn't being a good mom at the modeling thing either. No. She was right to be mad. I Like, Cindy just talked her out of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Kelly's a bitch, and most of the time when she's upset, I think she's being a bitch, but this time she was right. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. And Andrea and, and what's-his-face don't, Jesse... They're don't, not on this don't at really, all. Don't show up in this one. Oh, weird. But yeah, so that is the episode for the week. Carol, you know what to do. Tell everyone to empty out their milk jugs in solidarity (laughs) with you. Um, Go ahead and write us at latefee1994 at Mm awol.com. Check out our website, www.retrolatefee.com. Yes. And uh, share the tapes with your friends. All right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.